Life's an adventure, but just because I love fly fishing doesn't mean I have to miss out on college football. Enter the Dish Tailgater Pro portable satellite antenna, which lets me watch live news, sports, and entertainment in HD anywhere in the continental United States. So whether you fish, hunt, RV, tailgate, or just lay around watching TV all day, it's TV as flexible as your travel plans. Visit dishoutdoors.com for more and stay tuned for a very special offer coming up later in the show. I'm the love master, baby. Yeah. Yeah, I'm as hard as Final Jeopardy. That's right, baby. I'll take you out for breakfast. I can hold two cups of coffee and a dozen donuts right there, baby. Yeah, I was circumcised by a bandsaw. That's right, baby. Welcome to a Fork on the Road. I am Mark DiCarlo, and next to me is the lovely and talented traveling diva, Yenny Alvarez. Well, hello there. And today we are talking about comedy. We've been focusing on musicians so far this year. I uh, did a great show with Big Bad Voodoo Daddy and Marsha Ball, who the day after our show came out, won another Blues Award, a Blues Reader Award. She's uh, fantastic and getting a lot of good feedback on this show. Today, we're switching to comedy because who travels the country more than musicians? Yeah. Stand-up comedian. Right. Craig Shoemaker, you may know him as the Love Master. He's been doing comedy for over 30 years. He's a headliner, originally from Philadelphia. He lives now here in California, and he is uh, hilarious. He is hilarious, and we all know that laughter is the best medicine, and that's how he heals people. I want to say he's a new-age comedian. But he's definitely a new age person. Well, he's a comedian first because he's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> and it's all him today. Uh, we're going to be talking to him about favorite places he likes to travel, how he creates his material, uh, some of his funnier adventures, let's say. Adventures? Uh, adventures. Those are naughty stories. <laughs> this, is a, this probably episode should have an uh, advisory. Yeah, you know, no I kids. think it should. This is a grown-up episode because Craig's a grown-up funny guy. And uh, we're going to beep the bad parts. We are. And we're also going to talk about great places to eat and travel throughout the United States. So we're so happy that you're joining us here today. So I don't know what else there is to say. Except welcome Craig Shoemaker to the show. He's been traveling the world and America making people laugh for how long? 35 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I actually, it's more than that, but I don't want anyone to look up my age on Wikipedia. Right. He's only 27. <laughs> and he's been doing it for 35. They're, do, they're doing the math on me here. They had me as dead on Wikipedia, by the way. Really? Yeah. That, that was kind of awkward. But doesn't that boost your sales? <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess it <laughs> of would. Of the albums, the back catalog? It didn't help. I tried retirement. That didn't help. <laughs> now I'm like Kiss. I know. We want to talk about or, or, or I'm Barbara Streisand, whatever you want. So um, you're one of the premier touring stand-ups in America. Do you remember the first time you got a laugh? Yeah. Tell me about it. Fourth grade, I... Catholic school or regular? No, regular school. Although when you hear what happened, you, you'll see. <laughs> I was really a lot of trouble. I didn't have a dad. My dad left when I was born. Something I said. Wah. Probably. And I was gone. He was gone. And what for, a crybaby. <laughs> I can't handle this kid. <laughs> Yeah, one poop and he's done. And uh, so I wanted attention. And the way I got attention was I told stories. And I told this story. And I'll never forget the teacher was red-faced, laughing. She was embarrassed at my mom in the story. It was a story about my mom beating me over, <laughs> over spilling milk. Literally over spilt milk. But it was in a glass container and I broke it. And she beat me and threw me all over the room. And I kept describing it, and the teacher was going, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but it's so funny that this little 
10-year-old is describing his mother just whipping him <laughs> and uh, threw me against the wall and just absolute, what they would call child abuse these days. We just called it, you know, being disciplined right. back then. Oh, and, I had the shit beaten out of me by a nun. Oh, okay. Well, then you know the story. And with the ruler, and right? With her fists. Oh, with her fists. Yeah. Yeah, Sister Margaret. She threw down the weapons. Oh, she! I hope she's rotting in hell. She had a she had a face like a junkyard dog. She was evil. (laughs) But but I've always heard the stories about. So whatever we were getting in school, you had it a lot worse. Is Saint Genevieve's was the one across the street from us, and we oh the Saint Genevieve's kids right. Look at the scar. There's two types of kids that go to Catholic schools. The ninety percent of them that are disciplined and 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 get in line right, and then the ten percent of the girls who are fun. Yeah, uh, and grade school was horrible. I went to a Catholic high school too, which was spectacular. But really? this this one particular, and then you know, this is the exception to the rule. She was she's the the, the devil's concubine. I, I I hate to speak <laughs> ill of the dead, but she's she was she oh, was she awful. Dead? I hope so. This was eighth grade. Yeah, I hope. I, yeah, she was just evil. My teacher though in fourth grade, the one I made laugh, which I'll never forget, and I made everyone laugh in the class. And the girls wanted nothing to do. And with were you me. shy? Up I was. To this a, point? I was tiny. I was always tiny. I, even though I'm six two now, I was five one in high school, ninety two pounds. Holy crap! The worst part is back then you wanted pubic hair for right. the gym shower. I got some if you need. I, I and this that. is before shaving was cool. Exactly. Right. This is when there was no manscaping. You went into those showers. The other guys, are they got like ZZ Top going on down They're there. They're like a silverback. They're lathering up the Armenian fro. So I was begging for pubic hair. Anyway, I was always a geek. Uh, and But the one thing that the girls, they always gave attention if you made them laugh. Even though they weren't going to go out with you, because they always say women want a sense of humor. They want someone that can make them laugh. Yes. That's gorgeous. If and a that, troll makes them laugh. And hurt them later. Right. <laughs> Emotionally. Exactly. Yeah. Emotionally hurt them. Why do you think that experience particular? why do you think that's the one you remember? I think we remember pain. Well, the pain led to the laughs. I mean, you remember. Emotions are easy to remember. That's why I'm not that great with numbers. If I was, like, jammed up against a locker and beaten, I would tell you the locker number. 214, 214, 214. <laughs> I had one guy put me up. He hung me by my underwear on the locker. He wow. said, look, it's my art project, wind chimes. Bang your legs together. He didn't really say that. Oh, no, I'm not kidding. I was wind chimes. And so, and as I was <laughs> up there. Sorry, but that's funny. You take the bad shit that comes your cathartic. way. cathartic, yeah. You process it in a yeah, different way. And I exactly. think people, yeah. especially people that travel and people that are foodies, people that listen to our show, uh, you ever notice when you go to a restaurant, like the owner of the restaurant, they're always, if it's a good place, they're gregarious. Gregarious, yeah, exactly. They're huggers. That's true. Right? And I'm a hugger, yeah. Except for Asian yeah. restaurants. Any other kind oh, of restaurant. No, no hugging. They don't the hug opposite. There. But like Greek, Italian, delis, places like that. Yeah. They're mentally, I think, welcoming you into their house and they're going to feed you, which is the highest form of love. Especially the ethnic groups. You, I don't want to be racist or no. prejudiced, but Italians especially. I almost married an Italian, and the grandmother. I had a better relationship with her. If she was hot, <laughs> I would have, I would have married her. They all get mustaches. Yeah, she they did, and heavy with the stockings are halfway up, and they make basic giant lines in their in their ankles. Oh yeah, yeah. But I would get home from comedy shows. I get back to that house. And she'd be up waiting for me because she wanted to give she she's have some max that's macaroni or whatever. have some max and she called me shoe this is big Italian grandmother and she would sit there and just watch me eat just the two of us 
And I'll another. That's another. But you remember one. it. Oh, do I remember right? it so well? I can remember the taste. Uh, you know, and th this was true, authentic Italian food that she made from scratch and with love. Right. People that deny that that's a, the case. It is truly with many people of certain ethnic persuasions, especially any method, any ethnic persuasions. Not I Irish. Yeah, you just don't want to eat the Irish. No, this is crap. But there's no love in that either. That's resentment. Well, yeah, here's some cabbage for you, you little prick. Just eat now it. Get out and go back to work. I didn't want to have 15 children. Your father made me. <laughs> have some ham. We were up in Madison, Minnesota at the Ludafisk Festival. Uh -huh. That's when I realized I was so lucky to be Italian. What Do you know what Ludafisk is? It's white fish cured oh, in lye, which is yeah, like battery acid. Yeah. And they have a festival for this every year, and people come, get in line, and they get this lutefisk. And as we're going around with our cameras, we're noticing that people are eating everything else on their plate except the lutefisk. And we just needed video of someone eating it, and no one would. Finally, I started talking to some guy and forced him to do it, and you could tell he didn't like it. Right. And I'm like, well, so why do you come here? Tradition. Why are you here? Tradition. My grandmother made it. Exactly. And I'm thinking, yeah. I am so lucky. My grandmother made meatballs and neck bones and delicious food. So that's why I love that. You are very lucky about These that. poor people love this because it has really nothing to do with the food and, at that level. Yeah, and I think in a lot of, uh, I mean, Italy might have had poor regions, but they still put so much effort into the food, whereas Irish, if you're poor, there was no effort to, here's a piece of shoe leather. Go boil it up. It'll be fine. I mean, it's, and, I, and I'm actually, my mom's Irish. And we would get, uh, oh, my God, the, the dry beef on toast, lima beans out of a can. These, well, if are, you're not, a these peasant, are not good food. Yeah, members. if you're a peasant, you've got to be clever. I mean, that's where exactly. uh, chitlins comes from, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. The, the rich people got the good pieces of the hog, and the poor people... <laughs> Had to literally eat the ass of the animal, and they made yes. it into something delicious. You know, one of our favorite foods in Philly is, and again, you adopt to it or adapt. You uh, you adopt the food after you adapt. Scrapple. Have you ever heard of scrapple? We did a thing on scrapple. It's a breakfast meat, and I don't trust anything with the word crap sitting right in the middle of the word. It's one vowel away from scrap pile. You know that's what it is. It's a scrap pile. After they make sausage, also good for you. Yeah. Then they the stuff it, that they won't put in the sausage. In sausage. And then they put it in their own mold. I don't know what the meat they use, but I dropped it on my lap and started humping my leg. There, I jammed a joke in there. That was a regular joke. But, it was a regular joke. Okay, it's a homey food. It's not like something like I, I married the opposite. Not only What's the, the opposite, opposite of Scrapple? Sushi. Completely clean and fresh. <laughs> no additives. No nothing except no fish a piece, nuts or lips. A piece of fish. It's as pure as it gets. If you're going to eat something, you know that's not a plant-based thing. Right. I actually believe it or not, I'm a major cook. I need them to go. Mmm. That's my love. That's them saying I love you, and that's me receiving love. Mmm. This is delicious. So it's all about the mmm. It is. How much are you on the road every year? Um. Well, it varies. Don't you love the when I left the, the traveling? Business. How could you walk away? I love traveling. Travel. Really? Despise. But you got nothing to do all day long. You know your act already, right? It's not. You're, I'm sure you're writing sprinkles along as you go. But don't you? Can't you punch in at seven o'clock? Do your show no, and go home? No. What do you do? First what do you do all, during first the day? First of all, there's press in the morning. You have to do press to put on Thursdays. In you do Thursdays it every and day? Fridays. Okay. So as long as you're there, you're doing press. I might have an off day on a Saturday, and I would like to get a little round of golf. So I certainly could do a, a golf podcast on all right. the places I've played. 
always free. Uh-huh. There's no way I'm paying for that. No, <laughs> so, you're a big star. Yeah, well, I trade them for tickets. When Damn. I'm traveling, I always try and find a great restaurant that no one knows about. or, or a, Oh, that like a, I do. Like yeah. a, a batting cage or a great music club. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the best undiscovered finds? Because you've been traveling. You, you've been a comedian for 35 years. Yeah. You've been on the road that entire time. Exactly. You know more about America. The yeah. off-road, backwoods, bespoke, curated America than people that are working behind a desk. What are some of the places you look forward to returning for either food well, or for fun stuff to do? It's funny you say that because I don't anymore. Like, I looked forward to Cafe 290 across the, the parking lot from the Punchline in Atlanta with Octavia singing, who's an unbelievable jazz singer, you know, like Ella Fitzgerald. I mean, uh-huh. it's just beautiful and Last of the Red Hot Lovers. I mean, she's just, you know, she's it. And I go up and I jam a lot of times in some of these places. And those were really great times for me. But now, because the seeking is not there, I don't need to, I don't have that thirst or to go get laid. <laughs> that's, oh, that's a big, that, was, that was a big motivator. That sure. same parking lot, I had one of the <laughs> craziest stories ever. That's a whole other show. I got nothing but time. Oh, you want that story? Why not? Really? Sure. This won't turn your people off. I, well, if it's a boring, if, if it's a boring not, story, it's no way boring. Well, tell but it, it is really, really low. Like uh, high school, you know, yes, sure. Okay. People, if they don't like it, uh, don't listen to this. Or part. you can cut it out. Right? No, I'm not going to cut it out. Really? No. All right. This is the first I've ever told this story. Oh, excellent. This is like an exclusive with, with buddies on a golf course. All it's right. the most I've ever done. I've never had a microphone in front of me. This is a hundred percent true story. Okay. And I have a witness. Okay. Stanley Ullman. Do you remember Stanley? I do not. He's a comic. He's been around forever. Very cut. So he was your posse. He at this talks time. like yes. He was my posse. He talks like this. He's from the. He's like from the cut skills. He's a Jackie Mason impression. Exactly. He hasn't been laid since Carter was in office. You know, he's he's kind of like weeblish. He's bald and short. Can't tip him over. And uh, no teeth on the top. Has to put them in. Is the sexual encounter with him? Okay, hold on. Or... I'm saying he's the witness. Oh, okay. So he's my running mate. Got it. So wingman. You know, he's a wingman. But but a broken wing. Uh, <laughs> this is not the. So he's not going to fly away. This is not a wingman that you want. There's nothing he's going to pull in. This is going to be. He might pity. He might make them go away. But he's at, so it's Stanley. But he so he's on stage still, and I'm off. I'm in the parking lot, and this beautiful 19 year old comes up. She goes, "My friend thinks you're there's no marriage, but I'm not married." And how she, old are you at this point? Uh, you know, they're uh, 38, something like that. So it comes, my friend thinks you're funnier than Jim Carrey. And she's in Playboy. I go, get out of here. And I go across the parking lot, and there is this vision, 19 years old. And sure enough, they pull the play Playboy. It was a special Playboy. Out of the trunk, and it's her. I'm going, wow. You're... She travels with her own Playboy she in the trunk? She had just come off the presses, so she had a stack of them. I'm going, wow, you look great. And then I did the young... Do you really think so? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Looks oh, I, I played every bad line possible. You're going to love this. I said, I'm going to see Hef next week. I'll make sure you're getting the real Playboy. Now, half of that was true. I was about to go to a party at the Playboy Mansion, but I'm throwing the Hef name around. Drop I never it. even met him before until the following week. So I was like, Hef, I love you. So I said, follow, follow me back to the hotel. I said, we got to dump our boyfriends. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> up, up the boyfriends come up with the gun rack. Oh, this isn't good. They got rid of them. So Stanley's my running mate, and they get in my rent-a-car, and we're like little kids. I'm going, they made the left. They made the right. They're really following us. They followed us back to this suite. So now I'm Is going this to- a typical comedy condo, or this is a nice no, place no, that you're suite in? suite in a hotel. Okay. 
I don't do the condos anymore. I cannot do it. I need thousand thread count. I know I sound like a jerk, but I need thousand thread count. Sheets. That's my floor. That's my floor. There's nobody. It, you can't show me an 800. I'm out. I'll feel it. I, I, I'll and go if in, it's not I, Egyptian cotton. Exactly. And I start reading the, the thing. And, it, and she says. For the article. Um, well, I did want to read about her. And I, it says, well, it says here. And she goes, my is so tight I can queef jingle bells. So you give me the look like this is not true. Stanley's my witness. We'll call him right now. I'll put him on speakerphone. This is, you may have to. This is 100. Oh, it gets way worse or better, <laughs> depending on your point of view. So she gets in a yoga position, nude. She has a heart-shaped uh, pubic area, uh-huh. strawberry blonde, and she gets and she and her, it's up in the air. And all of a sudden, note for note, <laughs> jingle bells, note, note for note. So now Stanley, who hasn't been laid in a very, very long time, and is the king of watching porn, by the way. He's a typical comic, malls and porn. Mm-hmm. Not my thing. So he starts going crazy, and I'm laughing, because it's funny to me. And the other girl's jealous. She goes, I, my lips, I can tie them into a knot. They're so I loose. can play smoke on the water with <laughs> So she gets naked. She also has a heart-shaped strawberry thing going on and she starts yanking on the labia they're like shants yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> so she's tugging on the jorts and i'm going oh my god i've never seen them that long and she was t- she getting any music out of it no she's she says her trick was i can tie him into a knot so i'm laughing and then she's in the third verse now she ties I didn't them no there was a third verse of jingle bells i didn't know either so she Ties them, and I, I didn't miss a note. I go, my mother used to have me help with the boxes, with packages, and I put my, yeah. And she ties the knot around. That's how loose these things were. So next, I read, the, I said, it says here you like water. I go running into the bathroom. I'm like the choreographer director at this point. You're like Corky and uh, waiting for government. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I get the tub ready. She gets in, and the three of us, she gets in, she goes, I can squirt water. So she, and she rises up like Orca. <laughs> Like this, this spray. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm, so I start going, hit there. I pointed to Stanley's bald head, <laughs> soaked them down like a wet t shirt contest in Daytona. In the water, underwater. Underwater. Come above the water. And she goes, watch this. And in, in different spray settings. I thought it was at Home Depot. So she gave a little sprinkle. So, so now, this is just crazy. Are we still on this podcast? So she gets on the table and starts dancing. Stanley, who loves porn, and all of a sudden he goes, I'm out. <laughs> he leaves. I'm out. So the only bad part of the story is I had just started dating someone, <sighs> and I didn't do anything. This Did story. you tell this girl about this adventure? I would, that would be the first thing I would have said when Did I got I back home. Yes. No, because I still went that far. I, I can tell her now because it's my ex-wife. Yeah, but I would think it's I think it's more uh, integrity to go that far and then not do anything. Hell really? yeah. Yes. That's the difference of you're driving down the street with your windows down past an In-N-Out burger and you smell the burger and you want it. You actually went through the drive-in, <laughs> stuck your head in the window. Oh no, I cooked it. And then <laughs> I was a fry cook and everything on that one. But do you remember either of their first names? No. <laughs> I do not. I wish they were listening because I'd love to see them again. Have a reunion. Mm-hmm. This is why travel is fun. That would have never happened to you at your house. 
Right? There is no way that's happening. My house, I got four kids. I walk in, they turn their chairs like they're judges on The Voice. Want to laugh around the world? Hear the top five comedy festivals around the globe. Just for laughs. On its 25th year and with over 1,500 shows every July for about 2 million eager laughers, Just for Laughs, Montreal's International Comedy Festival brings the creme de la creme of celebrity comedians along up-and-coming talent to the funniest place on earth, or at least for the next few days. Edinburgh Fringe Festival. This fringe program offers a smorgasbord of events to an audience of about 1.5 million people. From the weird to the wacky to the funny to big-time comedians to the unknown up-and-comers. With a comedy award ceremony in between, you'll need a very organized schedule to see it all. Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Whoever said Australians weren't funny? As well as breeding amazing actors, Australia hosts one of the best comedy festivals in the world. Come check out UK and Irish talent as well as Aussie talent at comedyfestival.com.au. Smithwick's Cat Laughs Comedy Festival, Kilkenny, Ireland. The world's best little comedy festival is in Ireland. Spend a weekend drinking and laughing in Irish pubs amongst medieval markets and castles. Leicestershire Comedy Festival in England. After the winter months in February, continue laughing in England in the longest-running comedy festival in the UK. Impromptu venues for up-and-coming talent from across the country include rooms above pubs and galleries. Don't miss out on the program's workshops, theaters, exhibitions, and unhealthy doses of stand-up comedy. Playing Frisbee at the beach is one of my greatest passions. Uh, That new game we're playing, Polsky? Yeah. Which you put a plastic cup on a stick and then you try and hit it with a Frisbee. Super fun. It's designed to be a drinking game. But you need a mask for that. Well... (laughs) If you're playing with me, you're going to need a mask. Yeah, you get a Frisbee in the face. But it is a really fun, uh, great thing to do when you're out at the beach. But just because we're doing that all day long doesn't mean we have to miss out on my other favorite pastime, which is watching college football. After a long day of playing Frisbee and getting sand in my... Polsky. I can always count on the Dish Tailgater Pro portable satellite antenna to deliver my favorite entertainment. Now, here's why I love this thing. I can watch news and sports anywhere outside in crystal clear HD, even if I'm off the grid. Yeah, like, I don't know, on a boat somewhere out in the ocean. Right. That would be fun. Sure. And you only pay for the months you use. Dish offers pay-as-you-go programming from $34.99 a month. And uh, No contracts or credit checks. Right. You just activate your subscription during football season, and you can turn it off when you're done. Well, and there's also no Wi-Fi required, so you can say goodbye to the constant buffering, searching for spotty Wi-Fi signals, and other connectivity issues forever. No more little round ball going round and around taunting you. It's rugged, waterproof, and weighs just 8 pounds, which means you can pretty much haul it anywhere or mount it on top of your boat or your RV and then just forget about it. And wait till you see this tailgater prone person. Mm. It's got this cool smoke dome cover so you can see the satellite dish actually moving around searching for the signal. See, that's cool. You know, I'm all about Sci-fi. Very bond. Very sci-fi. Very bond. Well, and it's also crazy affordable. TV outdoors doesn't have to be expensive. The Dish Tailgater Pro is one of the more affordable portable satellite antennas in the market, saving you over, I don't know, $1,000 versus comparable systems. And you don't need to be a Dish subscriber to get one. You don't need Dish at home to get Dish outdoors. What you do need is you need to call 1-833-TV4RV or visit dishoutdoors.com and use promo code PRO50 at checkout to get $50 off your Tailgater Pro and Dish Receiver Bundle. Some restrictions may apply. Eh, they always do. 
I want to bond with my kids. I want to play the games they play. I got Wii Fit. I got Wii Fit. I get fit at the same time I'm playing a game. I've never seen a game like this. It analyzes you. I gained a little weight. I got on a board. I swear to God, it goes, oh. My Wii Fit age is 92. My icon is a skull. And I want to beat my kids at something. I'm the father. I'm supposed to be better than them. I do ski jumping, like 97 consecutive jumps, something I saw in Wide World of Sports. I'm there with my little tuck. I go, yeah, here you go, take that! <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Big Daddy Snowball right there. I love about traveling is I meet people that I would never he's a, he's a cobbler he runs a barbecue yeah. place when you say the Shh. business to them in this area we, it's always show business right but to, to them, them it's, it's yeah the yeah. steel business I'm in the so, coal mines yeah right. exactly that's the business and I love talking to people or like the industry that. you right. know they think real industry right is that one what of the think? reasons you stopped touring you think you just you lost that oh. mojo for wanting to yeah discover I new isolate things? my hotels now that's why I say I need the good sheets I need to go. You're out there anyway. Yeah. So you're choosing to isolate yourself in a coon of similarness. I always figure I'm here. Yeah. Uh, when am I going to be in Biloxi, Mississippi again? I want to go out and. You'll be there in six months get if you're me some. <laughs> that's oh, well, maybe thing. that's it. I mean, that's the thing. I've seen most things. Now, there when are was the last time you were surprised on the road by an experience or something that you thought that your jaded self would never be surprised by. I always love San Francisco. Yeah. You know, San Francisco has a lot of what Craig Shoemaker really I like it when you talk in the third person. resonates with. Such as. Well, you hadn't said my name in a while. I just wanted to make sure that we... <laughs> I'm a real energy guy. You know, I really love energy and I feel energy and I think that's well, you makes see me that a good stand comic. Up. Yeah. It's but I I can feel audiences. I feel the material, whatever it is. It's um, um, an energy guy. Believe in energy, resonance, vibration, frequency. These are the things I think that make us human beings. Agreed. So there are certain cities that really do vibrate differently. I completely agree. You walk off the plane blindfolded in New Orleans... I can feel that. You feel, I can feel Chicago. You can exactly Denver before they legalize pot. You walk off the thing in Denver, no pulse. You know some cities yeah, don't have a strong flavor. That's exactly right. They so don't. San Francisco has, but Boulder does. Yeah, it does. But Boulder but not does Denver. not Denver. Dallas exactly. Mm. No, no Dallas. But San Francisco has. Well, first of all, it's very culturally diverse. Yes, and I'm way gay friendly to the point where you know I could be gay mm-hmm. if I like penises. Right. I think I like, you have to love I like penises. I like so reference. San Francisco, it has... It still captures your interest. Why? It does. Well, first of all, you can never see that whole city because it's so different. It's not flat. Like some cities are flat and they're laid out that way. Right. And it's a flat experience. This is a hilly experience in every way, mm-hmm. including the people that you meet. And the, the trolleys and the water and the Alcatraz and the distance and... And the, and the culture smashing again. You got the Chinese people banging up against the Italians and the yeah. the gay people and the, exactly. the white people. It's, 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 it's and it's all, a har- generally yeah. a harmonious mix. It, but they still make it harmonious. But the food there is extraordinary. And the, the favorite place the you ever been to Sodini's on uh, Green Street? No. What's I, your best best well, Italian I brec- restaurant? I have a breakfast place that I go to. Sears. Sears. No, Remember in San Francis? Francisco. Yeah. No, it's called the Sears. It's right across the street from the St. Francis. No, What's across your from this place? park. Uh, oh, my God. Mama's. 
Okay. Oh my what God. What do you get? It's just huge, which I'm a big eater. That's the other thing is I want hearty. Hearty is food to me, you know, not picking and little I don't bits. want a giant plate with something beautifully arranged in the middle. No, no interest. That whole, that's for the that whole That's for the chef. That's yeah, not for keep me. the parsley. Whatever that cost you, add it to my food. You know, for, you know, I want food, okay? And and I want it to be hard in that place. Ooh, man, I mean they loaded up thick French toast and you know, great egg recipes, which I love eggs. I love every different kind of concoction with eggs. They give you many of those. So I go there after I do, you were talking about press earlier. So when I arrive into a town, the next morning I have to get up at, you know, four or five in the morning, mm -hmm. make the run in there, and then go one after another after another with TV, radio, TV, radio. And then, you know, they're asking you, you know, one question after another. You got to be wide awake in the morning. And then that's what we do after we're finished. If I'm working with my buddy Tommy T, which just happens to be where I am this weekend, Tommy T's a real man named Tommy T, and he's had these clubs for years. And he takes you to Mama's afterwards, and we just have our fun and laugh, and that's a good experience. So you still do that? You're not just holed up in your hotel room all? No, time. not with him because he's a friend now. I've been friends with the guy for okay. 30 years. So things like that, I look forward to. Best fried chicken in the country is where? Mmm, Myrtle. She's Myrtle Beach? Oh. No, I know Myrtle Beach. Myrtle was, this is going to sound a little sad, uh, a woman, the only woman that ever loved me uh, when I was growing up. You know, my family didn't, and Myrtle, my mom worked, so Myrtle would take care of us. Very large Afri African American woman. Uh, she was the sweetest person of my whole life. And I, I loved the way she expressed herself. She didn't need words. Can interpret all those, you know right. exactly what she means. That everyone, and but she said, she said, mm, and she was the first one. I was like, you're going to Hollywood, mm -hmm. and and I could never have chicken better than hers. Okay, and she made fried chicken, and and she, I would visit her like in college, and she would invite all the neighbors over, you know, and and there I'd be. Be funny. No, no, they were so respectful and so kind, and and uh, just. I mean, you're just not treated like that in where I'm from. And just so amazing. But just like stuff that other people would call tacky, you know, the plastic on the furniture. And But she would make these gigantic things of fried chicken. Mm. And I'll never forget she had a screen over it, you know, so the splatter. She had like she had all these screens over big it. Big cast iron skillet. Exactly, big cast iron skillet. And... How could any restaurant beat that? Because she's adding the true love to it as well and humming, you know, beautiful hymns while she's cooking. So that experience to me could never be topped right. by any chicken. So do you not order fried chicken when you go out? I do. I don't but it, I won't order Italian food typically. Oh really? Uh unless it's weird Italian food, just because it's not gonna be as good as my nanny's gravy. Yeah. Right? I mean, it won't. So you're missing out on all the great Italian restaurants? No, no. I'll have, I'll you, have uh, you oh, know, you antipasto. Yeah. I'll have really? something else. I'll have some veal have or some, some chicken. in Philly. Francesco's. Okay. Oh, wow. Best, and they have a little best Italian food too. in the country. Francesco's. Yeah. In Philly. Yeah, Francesco's. What do you order? You're there one day. What do you order? Uh, believe it or not, I hate to tell you an Italian this, but I am a big uh, white sauce guy. Yeah, Sorry. Like the Alfredo? Yeah, yeah, I like my creams. And that doesn't make you queef? 
No, it might, but I don't care. You know, and puts I put a lot of stuff in my what I cook for myself. I also make an Alfredo. I load it up with all the extras. Okay, you know the the hams and the peas and the, and all that kind of Bacon. stuff. So, yeah, that's what I do. Barbecue. I hate, I hate to tell Italians that it's all right. Barbecue. Not as big a fan of the barbecue. Um, I mean, I'll do it in Austin. There's an outdoor place. Um, what's the name of the Gulf? Uh, Anyway, you know, I'll, I'll go there and I'll do some barbecue because they tell me it's good, but not because I'm feeling that it's good. It's okay. just not, uh, uh, that sort of a sugary, ketchupy flavoring yeah. is not my thing. So it doesn't feel as natural as like a great tomato sauce. Right. You know, well, in gravy. Texas, they say it's it's the meat. It's not the sauce. You that's barbecue, why you barbecue I, the meat. That, that's why I very rarely put sauces on the meats. To me, if it's good meat, you just need flavoring, right? Like, like peppers yes. and things like that. So in San Francisco, actually, I go to uh, I have a meat guy who's literally like my dealer, and I go to this guy. He sends it to me. It's called Carol's Meats. I am telling you, you have never in your life tasted better meat than this. Like some prosciutto. He does all of it, and he does all of it himself. He's an old school butcher. Where do you find those? San Francisco. He's in Brisbane, next to the old stadium, and I make my run there. I have limo drivers that take me to press. I go. (laughs) Hey man, I don't know if you're into this, but you like meat? And they're all looking at me like, huh? I go, no, I mean, really into meats. Because you just go and eat meat. There's no extras. It's not a restaurant. It's not a restaurant. It's like slice it off here, have some of this with a toothpick or whatever. And you eat it right there, standing up. There is nothing, no meat on this planet that is better than this guy that I send for it. That's, I mean, I I had the guy cater a party and I live uh, six hours away. And what's it and called? And he came here and eat Carol's Meats. And it's in? Nothing better than this. Is Truly. it open to the public? Yes. Yeah. He he does this marinade on a skirt steak. So he takes a skirt steak, which is not the greatest piece of meat. True. He turns it into the greatest piece of meat I have ever had in my life. So bad that I couldn't screw it up. Nobody could screw it. You throw it on the barbecue. He seals it. And I take it back with me. It's the last thing I do when I go to San Francisco is I stop at his place. And I take it back with me. And everyone's happy. Even my wife who doesn't eat meat, she's happy with the smell. <laughs> it's that good. It's, it's, so that is one place that – a food place that I look forward to. So, again, that's San Francisco. Probably a great reason I like the town so much is the food. Chicago is my second favorite place. Yeah, me too. Unfortunately, the comedy club is out in – Schaumburg, not known for their Which cuisine. Which one do you do? The Improv in Schaumburg. Oh, yeah. It's a suburb. It's mall. a mall. You know, you and that's get, not Chicago. You can get mall food, and it's not Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I you, do eat it. Do you stay downtown and I, then go to? No, the gig? I stay uh, out there. It's well, that's your problem. You gotta nah. go stay downtown. I know. Well, the music is great down there yeah. too. But um, I do go to that meat place. It's next door. They have one of those. You know, you, you feel in like, Schaumburg. Yeah, one of those where they just – it's tons and tons of different kinds of meats. Literally, it's like a casino where you'd like wave like, you know, no hit on my – I'm not hitting on 16. But I'm already – I eat so much that I'm already over 20 to 21. I'm like, yeah, come on, keep it coming. I, I actually go there. I have a poor man's mentality. I go there to challenge them to basically, as my mom would say, eat them out of house and home. Like – 
I'm going to pay that money. I'm going to get more than my money's worth. Oh, all right. And I'll go in hungry, and it's every... What's the name of the place? Is it a chain, or is it a local place? It is place? kind of a chain, yeah. Oh, uh, Fogo de Chao. Yes, Fogo de Chao. That's exactly it's right. Brazilian, it's vertical meat. Exactly. Vertical meat, and they slice it right there for you. I have to tell you, though, it is. There are half of them that are really good. Well, it's all, you've got to know how meats. to cook it, right? Yeah, and they know how to cook it. They've got it down. What's the best thing you make? What would your friends say, oh, shoo, that's... This is worth coming to your house to eat. Well, I can only tell you recently I did a um, – why well, I get fresh fish. I, I, I have dealers everywhere. <laughs> it used to be my weed. Life now. Now it used to be weed and coke. And, yeah. and now it's fishes and meats. And I have a total – Fish and bougie. I have, I'm bougie. I roll bougie like this. This guy, he has a, he's a skipper, a captain of a, a boat called The Gentleman. And he, you know, if, if you want, you could come with us. We go on fishing trips, and I catch my own yellowtail and make my own. I do poke bowls. Oh, I love the poke. And I just had. I have tuna at home right now. You marinate it. What do you? I scored some tuna, man. <laughs> Where do you? What song does that play? <laughs> I scored some. Tuna. Uh, so, what do you marinate it in? You expect me to tell you my yeah. secrets? Oh, I, give, you know what? Do what the Italians I, do. You tell me everything, but you leave out one little ingredient. So if I go and do it, it'll be or close, you do this, but if not you're great. Italian, you go, there might be a little vinegar in there. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I can't say. Yeah, I can't say. Your aunt made me promise but not I, to tell uh, you. There, there could be a little soy. <laughs> Maybe. Little uh, but I add, I add a lot of like I. I'm also a gardener. So I have my homemade scallions. So I, I have the different types of scallions in the backyard and I go out and chop them and I chop them up in there and uh, you know, avocado I put in there and uh, sesame seeds and just a uh, little the little, Philly boy has become a, a California man well that's a more of a Japanese guy I yeah. married a woman who's ha- she's from Japan did you ever see an avocado you know in Philly that? she's from Hiroshima oh my idiot friend goes that place must be the bomb who does that it's too soon <laughs> it's too dumb. Yeah, and he's thinking he's with a comic. You don't do that in front of a comic. No. So she knows literally how to make the rolls and has taught me. So now I can even make sushi rolls, which I, I love. But if someone were to come over, I believe it or not, one of my big specialties is the Alfredo. But I do. I'm a big concoction guy. I make great eggs. They're always concoctions. One of the big things I'm adding lately to almost everything. And it, you cannot beat arugula. I love arugula. I grow tons of it. Spicy. It's got a little bit Mine's of a bite very to it. Spicy it's delicious. It's good for you. It's, is it? I hope so because I'm eating a lot. I ate it this morning. And I add it to everything now. I added it to my pizza the other day, which I know from back in Philly they'd shoot I, know, well, I was just going to say, what would your Philly friends, no. your Pats and Geno's friends, say he's growing arugula and avocado? <laughs> Come on. What's wrong with this What's wrong guy? with this guy? Yeah, what happened to him? He's a fruit. <laughs> this jamook. It's all the traveling. Yeah, I know. Want to eat like Craig Shoemaker? When in Atlanta, check out Cafe 290. Come catch some tunes by nationally and internationally renowned performers in the most respected venue for mainstream, contemporary, and funk jazz. When in Philly and in the mood for Italian, order the white sauce from Francesco's. And when in San Francisco and in the mood for some amazing meats, head to Butchertown, where Carol's Meats is king. Tell them Craig Shoemaker sent you. Next morning, 
Great breakfast in San Francisco? Bring your heart and your appetite to Mama's, where they've been serving up breakfast on North Beach's Washington Square Park since Mama and Papa Sanchez first opened over 50 years ago. For even more laughs and comedy tour dates, head to craigshoemaker.com. What's your current tour called? Uh, Make America Laugh. And it's with Bill Bellamy, and it's basically you know comedy in black and white. We're up there together. To, uh, no, we'll we'll go. We haven't done it yet, but we're about to. We'll do some together, and we'll do you know the separate acts. I'm not sure who's going to go first and second. That'll be a, a rough one because we're both you know bona fide headliners. We believe in storytelling, real laughs. We're not going to read our grocery list and think that you're not hip if you're not laughing to uh, laughing at it. That's alternative comedy. Yeah, exactly. We we you know we are old pros. If you want to see old pros and laugh laugh your ass off, we want to hurt people in a good way. Mm-hmm. That's what you're going to see. You're going to be talking about what's the rift in America right no, now and all no, that stuff. The opposite. Can you? The I mean, opposite. No, I don't you? want to. Because that, first of all, I like evergreen stuff. You know, I don't. I don't want something that's going to die on the vine because it's about even about Donald Trump. I'm not just. It's just not worth it. And uh, by the way, anyone you mention, they could die, and that's the end of the bit. Right. Then you can't. And then it, except uh, Jesus. And then a record. <laughs> He's bigger now than he ever was. <laughs> Yeah, and Hitler. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's a perennial. Yeah, he's a perennial, you know, he's the next Hitler. I've had experience in life where I've come to a place of transformation, you know, conscious, you really have. conscious development is very, very key to me. It makes me a better father, a better husband, happier, more content. That's manifested itself in so many ways, including the decision to leave comedy for a while. Now I'm back in it for different reasons, more of a purpose, to literally bring laughter to people. Uh, to find their joy and to find their passion and the connection, their divineness. It all happens with laughter. You know, I have Laughter Heals as an mm-hmm. organization. It's the I one have. sound that is the same in every culture on this planet exactly is right. laughter. Thank you. That's what I tell people. It's also very spiritual. Amen. Hallelujah. Hami. I mean, all the, it's, a, yeah. it's a very cleansing word. Uh, ha. And people don't understand. But I do these workshops. I work I, just yesterday. I, was, I did drug and alcohol rehab they're the toughest by the way they're not really ready to laugh they're right off the turnip truck and they're, they're, some of them are going what i can't even literally have them say the word ha this one guy goes i'm not going to force myself to say ha i go you're not forcing just do it i said see how you feel afterwards one of the other reasons i do laughter heals is um all these people kept giving me credit for birth of their children the conception not that i did it but i have a picture of this kid who was conceived in the parking lot of the brea improv I mean, all these people said I couldn't have a Your child. Your comedy makes me horny. Well, not only that, the guys all try to do the love master and, and things loosen up. And now you're not trying to have a baby. You're just ha- having fun. So laughter is great for fertility, too. So if you come see my show, just wear protection. So I, so Gold's my buddy. We're direct, he was directing me in a movie in Arizona. His wife was ovulated. I said, do the love master. Oh, yeah, baby. And he does the thing. She had a baby nine months later. And a year and a half after that, he got brain cancer. And his daughter's a year and a half old. And they say, you got three months. So he's never going to know his daughter. That was my ha-ha moment where I said, you know what? Everybody's come up to me and tell me this, this and that. This is more powerful than people think it is. Laughter is the best medicine. The Bible doesn't stop talking about it. 
but we all focus on sin and pestilence and all those things, the fear-based stuff. What about laughter? Why are we not laughing more? Why are we not utilizing this as a healing modality? Chicks dig the funny. People uh, that, like tr- funny. They do. Uh, your best friends that you grew up with, are they boring? Of no. course not. They're the ones you laughed your ass off. Even if it was inappropriate stuff, you bonded with your friends. You have true resonance with people that make you laugh or you have laughter together. You share. It's a shared space. It's that epiphany of surprise. Exactly. You're going left and suddenly you're on the other side. And, 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 what, it, it, and I think it a, lights up a brain. Yeah, and what a wonderful surprise. You right. A surprise party every five seconds. Right. So Golds, he came to all my... I'm a facilitator in this cancer facility. His name's Michael Goldberg. He wrote Cool Runnings, Little Giants, great comedy writer. We bonded with laughter. Philly guy. And he lived 15 years past the three-month prognosis because he had a will to live. You don't have a will to live if you live in your misery. You know, that's some other part about our culture today. It's about anger and rage. It's misplaced rage. Mm-hmm. You're just letting go with laughter. There's no analyzing of it. You're just being free. You're freeing yourself out of your own jail when you laugh. Which and is you, how you started your life. It exactly. sounds like with your personal yeah. life, you were in jail and... Somehow you figured out a way to work yourself out. I was arrested at 13. And the guy says to me, the cop says to me, how would you like to end up like one of these guys on the poster? I'm going, at least he's wanted. (laughs) I literally said that. People think I'm kidding. I totally said that. He's wanted. (laughs) What did the cops say? He was like trying to hold back the lab, I guess. But (laughs) this poor kid. But that is why the shootings take place. These kids don't feel wanted. You always feel wanted when you're in a room filled with laughter. It's joyous. It's happiness. It's fulfillment. It's divine, which people don't give it that credit either. So he lived, and I visited him in hospice a couple years ago, and he was in a coma. And we had, oh, he had been dying so many times during these years, but he stayed alive for his daughter. His wife divorced him, so no longer, so, and his friends. We had a little posse of friends, and then we had this, we had this laughter heels and he showed up at all of them. He came to my comedy shows and he's in a coma. I said, and we filmed this for the documentary. We're doing a documentary. And I said, Gold, I don't know what else to do. You're sitting there helpless. I said, I'm your friend. What do you want me to do? I said, you want me to jerk you off? And I made a little jerk off. So I go, I said, I've never done anybody by my own. I'm really good with my own. You want me to give a little toss off? He came out of a coma and he goes, <laughs> he laughed one more time. Then he died the following week. Isn't that crazy? But I made him laugh one more time. I was so proud of that moment. Yeah. It was a beautiful moment for me because I, I realized I had an impact on this guy. I love him, too. He's like a brother to me. I mean, I love him so much. And laughter is love as well. That's the power of comedy. Try laughing and say, I'm depressed at the same time. You can't be in depression while you're laughing. No. They can't exist in the same space. No. Isn't that crazy? People don't value a good solid laugh as much as I think they should. I know. We should be like we should be dealers. Yeah, I've got some giggles. <laughs> I got a guffaw. Well, you got the money. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> well, America is happy that you are back on the road. Uh, I'm happy that you're back on the road. Yeah. Go to craigshoemaker.com. That'll help my Facebook page. You know, go to Twitter. I'm the love master. Craig Shoe on Instagram. I need more followers. Mm-hmm. My son says nobody follows me. He goes, you tweet like a mom. And we have a Laughter Heals documentary. If anybody wants to help us out or contribute or learn how to be a fun facilitator, you know, we're we're all about that. I really wanted to spread this out. We're trying to do open the movie at the same time all over the world at the same, you know, same moment, moment where the world laughs as one. Talk about shifting consciousness. Uh-huh. Imagine that comedy clubs, spiritual centers, churches, synagogues, hospitals. 
all at the same time all watch the movie because digitally you can do that now we all we say here's the time click can you imagine the the, uh, the again the energy shift that would take place with that movement and that's, we need it and that exactly that's what we need more than anything that's why i don't watch the news as much as possible it is attractive though but every yeah. minute you waste on that is a minute you're exactly. not laughing and we only get so many minutes exactly so thank so you for here. spending so thank many you, minutes with me. That was me. a lot of fun. <laughs> Craig Shoemaker, go see him. He's even funnier live than he is here. <laughs> that is Craig Shoemaker, craigshoemaker.com. Hilarious comedian. He's traveling. Uh, he's back on the road. He quit for a while and had retired. But as you heard, it's not as much fun at home. No, it's not. I was surprised that he hates traveling <laughs> as much as he says he does. I think if we traveled, he and I together, it, we'd have a lot more fun. He'd oh, have a lot goodness. more fun. You travel and you can take your satellite dish? Right? Zip around. Have a good time. And I would not see you in months. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to thank Craig Shoemaker for coming on the show and sharing his uh, journeys of America and comedy and uh, uh, vibrations and heart with us. Uh, you can catch him in a town near you. Go to craigshoemaker.com to check out when he's coming. Schumacher Shoemaker? It's Shoemaker. You just called him Schumacher. Well, Dirk Schumacher is the bass player in Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. I get the two of them oh. confused. See how I do that? All the shows this season. It's all connected. In one big rope of fun. Well, speaking of that rope of fun, you're going to have to wait till our next episode because we are done on this one. So until next time, I'm Mark DiCarlo. And I'm Yenny Alvarez. And we'll see you at a fork on the road. Thanks again to Dish for sponsoring today's episode. You probably heard by now that the Dish Tailgater Pro Portable Satellite Antenna is one of my favorite pieces of gear. To enjoy the joy of HDTV outdoors all for yourself and to get $50 off your very own Tailgater Pro bundle, it's the one with the clear dome. Call 1-833-TV4RV or visit dishoutdoors.com and use the promo code PRO50 at checkout. Some restrictions may apply. Okay, have... Where does that go? I don't know where that goes. This will go in the middle. Okay, so you're editing this. I'm going to give you Quatley's Corner separate, and you edit this. Fine. Boop, boop, boop. All right, this is the World's, World Nomads commercial. Whether you're craving some authentic pad thai in Bangkok, want to check out the food scene in London, or have heard about the bedroom boosting dish for men in South Korea, food is a great motivator to travel. Yes. Which is why this episode of A Fork on the Road is sponsored by World Nomads, the global travel lifestyle and insurance brand for independent adventure travelers. Do you mean what I think you mean? Bedroom boosting? What's in the dish? Ha <laughs> ha. Well, according to a guest on an episode of the World Nomads podcast, it's eel tail. I'm out. What do you mean you're out? It's kind of like sushi. I don't care. I'm not eating eel tail. I'm not eating, frankly, I'm not eating any part of an eel. <laughs> it's yucky. <laughs> Learn more about South Korean food by tuning into the <laughs> Learn more about South Korean food by tuning into the World Nomads podcast. World, World. Nomads. Shut up. <laughs> Learn more about South Korean food by tuning into the World Nomads podcast. Hear about great destination and the amazing nomads who continue to explore those places, bringing us their personal stories of the people they meet, the places they've seen, and the food they've tasted. That's the World Nomads podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, or go to worldnomads.com slash podcasts.